0: Joe Momo
1: Presents Calgary Leader Series.
0: And we are live. Welcome to the podcast, Jason.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, you're the Director of Strategy at the Calgary Economic Development. Um, I'm sure we're going to jump into a bunch of, bunch of topics, but before we get into all that, perhaps give us a little backstory of who Jason is, maybe chapter one of your, of your journey. Um, yeah.
1: No, no, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh so you know, you you mentioned uh you know the official hat I wear as as the director of strategy at Calgary Economic Development. I lead our core research team here at CED, uh, but I also am charged and responsible with uh leading the implementation of our city's economic strategy called Calgary and the New Economy. And so that's the the official the official hat. But um You know, more broadly speaking, I I was uh, born in Stony Creek, Ontario, so it's uh, a town that eventually got absorbed by Hamilton, moved to downtown Toronto, uh, frankly, as fast as I could, Um, lived there for for a number of uh, years. I've got a background uh, as a uh, former K-12 teacher, um, uh, international consultant, Um, between the hours of 1 and 5 a.m. I'm uh, finishing my PhD at the University of uh, Calgary Um, and uh, I'm also up uh, between the hours of 1 to 5 uh, because I have uh, tomorrow a uh, six-month-old son named Mateo at home and so all of these uh, things along with a number of community responsibilities on boards and and collectives uh, definitely keep me very busy so I'd say that's a that's a 10,000 foot view on chapter one.
0: (laughs) Wow that's amazing so many hats how do you how do you manage to stay sane with all the hats you wear?
1: (laughs) Well the hats are held by this very good head of hair that you see. Um, No but uh, you know I think uh, like with any of your your previous podcast guests you know staying busy is, is only a drag if you don't love what you do or you don't see an importance in what you're doing. And I think for me personally, you know, my, my commitments as a, as a husband and as a father, um, you know, keep me motivated. I, I love being this boy's dad and uh, being my, my wife's husband. And certainly with my responsibilities here, I get to go to work every day and, you know, bring new thinking and new perspectives to how we, th- you know, uh, frame economic development. Uh, not just um, for what purpose, but for who um, in this city. And then, you know, certainly with my, my uh, academic background and a lot of the other cool stuff that I've been able to do, it's just been fueled by, by passion and, um, uh, you know, hopefully feeling like I have something to offer. But most importantly, I just genuinely feel when I moved here um, to Calgary from Toronto uh, in 2015, I just have, you know, had just a really, really wonderful time here and have been embraced by the community with open arms. And so I really do feel like I am repaying a debt um, back to the city any way I can. And so that uh, I think that gets me, uh, allows me to get by with one less or two less hours of sleep a day than uh, I probably should be getting.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um... One thing you did mention was Calgary and the new economy. Uh, you mentioned you moved here in 2015. So I'm sure your perspective is you've seen Calgary change as, as you've been here. Um, could you maybe touch on or explain more to the listeners what the new economy is and uh, what's kind of your guys' strategy and plans for that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm happy to, to dive into it. You know, what's interesting whenever I tell people when I moved uh, to, to Calgary, um, you know, I'd, I'd only moved here to do my PhD. It was never a long-term move. There was this really uh, incredibly talented researcher at the University of Calgary that I was happy to move across the country to work with. Um, but I was going back to Toronto, you know, every four to six weeks. Um, and it was only once I sort of got to peel back and be a part of the, the community and saw how differently the city moved from Toronto um, that I sort of envisioned here uh, myself here longer term, and they obviously got uh, my girlfriend at the time now wife to move out here to do her PhD, and then uh, we uh, we had this amazing little boy. So it was definitely not not planned. But in terms of you know whenever I mention when I moved here, you know this is at the height of of the recession. This is when uh, a number of jobs were being shed amidst the downturn in the energy sector, and I speak so glowingly about that time, but um, I, I understand it was probably at a, at, a, at a time of real pain. And so what I've seen over the past uh, six years and, and change, uh, being in Calgary has been, um, number one, the city moves incredibly different um, than Toronto. Uh, I think in Toronto, when I was living there, you had to climb up a lot of rungs and greasy, ladder, uh, you know, greasy ladders. Um, to even just get behind one door or two doors um, that might allow you to be successful in your career or if you had something to offer to community, really allow you and your work to be accelerated. And here, I just was surprised at how flat the city moved, at least to me, and it's probably a privileged position to be in. But I I remember just people willing to have a coffee with me that seemed unthinkable back in in Toronto. And so I think building off of this amazing kind of, um, you know, people first business culture here, uh, it's laid the foundations for the economic strategy long before I ever arrived in Calgary. And so the economic strategy, Calgary and the new economy is the community's strategy. It's not CEDs, it's not mine, it's yours. Um, And the reason that I'm confident in saying that is because, you know, 1800 business and community leaders shaped this strategy and gave feedback to it. Um, you know, we partnered with really world-leading consulting firms like Boston Consulting Group that, you know, does work in a number of cities across the world, but still to this day stands behind publicly the work that they've done with our office and, and with the people of Calgary. And then number three, we, we brought in, I think, 25 of the biggest heavy hitters um, in, in not only the business community, but just in small C community who have stepped up in a lot of ways to help guide the direction of this strategy, um, and it deserves mentioning that it was passed unanimously by City Council as well in 2018. So this is our strategy, and that new economy. You know, people harp on on the tech aspects of it. Obviously, the new economy is a is a very very interesting term. You know, to to talk about how disruptive technologies can be harnessed to be able to create jobs that are premised in, in data and data science and technology, and likewise, they also kind of signal you know, a transition to a knowledge based economy. It's not necessarily what you're doing with your hands every day. It's kind of what's up here. And, and uh, all of that, I think, uh, rests under the umbrella of the new economy. But for me, I, I think it's we shouldn't just limit ourselves to the tech side of things. A new economy is a more inclusive one. A new economy is one that's more, more credible in terms of how it distributes growth, not just for the very top, but but for the middle and, and to the bottom and all, all across the spectrum. And so this, this vision of, of Calgary and the new economy doesn't just focus on, you know, tech talent and tech jobs. It focuses on how do we make this a really great place to live? Because ultimately that's what's going to attract people to Calgary. How do we uh, leverage the innovations coming out of Edmonton, which is, you know, theoretically a little bit farther than down the road, but close enough that we could create an innovation corridor. Um, and lastly, a new economy is about a business environment that is ready for digitization and not playing by the rules of 50, 60, 70 years ago and pretending that the economy functions the same. So in sum, that's, that's the vision that we, we help steward that I oversee and, and help implement. Um, but it's uh, really being driven by a number of countless partners across the city.
0: Wow. Yeah, I really love the holistic, inclusive approach you guys are taking. I think in order to make Calgary the most attractive place in the world, we have to work as a unit, to work as a team, to really build that. Um, for me personally, the last few, few months have been really challenging, with, obviously with the pandemic and um, kind of going through that as a business owner. Uh, but for you personally, Jason, what's kind of been the biggest hurdles or challenges uh, for you uh, the last few, few months?
1: You know, it's it's um, it's an interesting question because I think personally, you know, uh, in some ways this has been uh, bliss for me. You know, my my son was born um, literally two months after the state of emergency was declared, and while that was stressful, as you can imagine, for a number of reasons, uh, for my wife and I, I. I, I really didn't uh, sort of make the connection until after he was born that, you know, oh my God, I get to be at home with this boy. And, you know, I think people know that, um, you know, I, I pushed myself to the limit in, in terms of uh, uh, working hard for, for, for citizens and uh, for companies and for myself and my family, but to be able to be at home when I knew that that likely was not probably going to be the case if we weren't in a pandemic and I would have just, gone back into the office and, and, you know, uh, hit the beat on the street and, you know, met with this company and these people that needed assistance um, to have had that time. um, And we're still, you know, uh, flexible in terms of our work offerings where I get to be at home is just incredible. And, you know, for me, it, it, and I think uh, for many other people in our community, it sort of forced us all to reassess where our priorities lie where our values lie, and how do those two things match up with actions? Um, you know, Priorities are all good on paper until you move that way um, to reinforce them. Values are great when you talk to people, but are you really moving like that? And so for me, uh, it hasn't been challenging, but it's been a, certainly a, a very emotional realization that uh, led me to announce publicly, uh, I think it must've been a couple of weeks ago, that uh, in 2021, I'm, I'm leaving my position here at CED and taking the entire year to be with my boy. Um, so for me, coming back to that decision um, was beautiful, um, you know, very emotional, um, but, uh, but I think it has caused a ton of people um, to reflect on where they spend their time and what's most valuable. Um, that being said, the emotional drain on me or the challenge is, is when I hear stories like yours. I know that we've, we've chatted before and there's a lot of good out of the last uh, several months from a business perspective for you, but I'm on the phone and on the horn with a ton of people that are not doing so great and that weighs on me. And so that, you know, taking on, I think those, that responsibility and taking on uh, some of that uh, pain that that's clearly being felt in our, our community is, is certainly draining, but, but also motivates me to feel like, what can I do to, to make things happen? Whether it's, you know, uh, leading the, the, the creation of a digital transformation talent hub with SAIT or, um, you know, putting out thought leadership that I think gives people hope about what's what's possible in the future, or just taking that call with that business and referring them to someone I know can assist them. Um, That certainly, I think provides another silver lining at least professionally for you to get uh, through uh, one day to the next.
0: Absolutely. How does, how does Jason stay grounded? Are you, are you more of a, Mentor type of person, or do you just kind of meditate to yourself, or do you read stuff, listen to things? What, how do you really find your center and um, get through all these decision making and challenging times?
1: Well, it's a very easy, uh, it's a very easy um, task uh, because I married well. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, my my wife and I have a very funny relationship where, you know, it's it's. I think um, you know, even if maybe I'll just even tilt it hold on a second here. If you can see over my, uh, my left shoulder, you see the Calgary Tower, you know, there is no sort of, you know, you caught the brass ring moment, then looking outside my office. And then, you know, to come home to uh, a partner that's incredibly supportive, but also puts all of this in perspective and says, uh, you know, uh, you know, here, here are our responsibilities, here's what we've committed to do today and for each other. And, Yes, that's great, but you know we have to do this and we have to do that, and um, you know forming the basis of a really good partnership at home, I think allows you to stay grounded everywhere else. But in terms of from a from a leadership perspective, there's a lot of things. Um, you know I'm, I'm very very big on fitness. I'm I'm, I'm in the gym most mornings. Uh, meditate daily. Um, I've I've been very fortunate, particularly in Calgary, to have some incredible mentors that have been giving of their time, not only to talk through things, but also to set an example where I don't really need to talk to them for four or five, six months, but I just know how they move and how people are talking about them, how I'm seeing from a distance, the things that they're doing and, and dedicating their time to. But I think the last thing, which I don't know, I don't think a ton of people know is that I've been on the other side of this. Like I haven't had it all figured out for a large chunk of my adult life and haven't been grounded and been very, very, I think um, lost in the fray of, you know, some pretty challenging circumstances growing up. And I think going through and coming out the other side of that kind of stuff um, allows you to, to just have access to parts of yourself. You didn't, you didn't even know uh, were there for a long period of time when you were, you know, numbing it with X substance or, or whatever the case may be. So for me, and I, I talk about it, um, maybe not as often as I should, but, you know, that kind of redemption story for me is, is just, I remember what things used to be like and, and what they are like now. And things are way better now, more centered now. Um, and so that's, I think that reminder of like, hey, you've done that. You've, you've been a little bit selfish. You've been a little bit not present in conversations like this. Uh, you've you've not met your potential. I know what that's like. So to be be this guy and and this focused and concerned about being a good friend and a good husband and a good man and a good citizen is is second nature because you don't once you're there you don't want to go back to that. So that's what uh, that's what keeps me grounded these days.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, how, you, you mentioned kind of going through being on the other side and kind of going through some tough times obviously you have to build a thick skin that resilience piece and like you mentioned lots of business owners are having challenging times even people with jobs got laid off and facing challenges as well how do you really build that resilience is you think it's more of a DNA trait or what sort of things if it's not what sort of things can somebody do to build the resilience and kind of see it to the other side like you have
1: it's a a good it's a good question You know, and it's 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 from the the business owner that's that's being challenged by, you know, decreasing margins and, and not wanting knowing what to do. It's it's you know, in Alberta we have an addictions and opioid issue as as well as long as a number of other concerning uh, addictions based based habits. Um, you know, we have a a younger class of of Calgary that is potentially going to enter into a world where they may be less well off than their parents were. So there's a number of things that, you know, across all of those dimensions that I've relate with or been directly um, feeling the pressure of, I, I think for, for me, it was it's all about perspective. I think the more that, you know, as tough as things are, but you open yourself to having your perspective changed, the more opportunities there are for redemption or resilience, the more closed off you become, and I think become a victim to your own sort of life sentence that you're giving yourself, hey, this is not gonna get any better, this is who I am, this is what I'm gonna be, it becomes increasingly challenging. And so even at my sort of darkest days, I always, and, and those are you know, not just as romanticized as you know being supremely dark. Like I had a uh, bad habit of smoking cigarettes and I smoked cigarettes very young uh, until my early 20s, but I always knew in my mind, eventually I might, I might reach a point where this doesn't make sense to me anymore. To continue smoking. Um, And that might come when I'm 75 years old, um, you know, uh, fully, you know, relatively healthy. It could come when I'm 50 and I've been diagnosed with with a a lung issue, or it could be tomorrow. And I was always open to those realities and didn't sort of judge myself for one way or the other. And I remember being at a concert um, uh, in Toronto, it was Kanye West Jay-Z at uh, Watch the Throne Tour. And I remember I went with 15 or 20 people and it was snowing. And I remember, because you can't uh, smoke indoors, obviously, um, I you know, always remember before I went to a concert or a hockey game, whatever, to have a couple cigarettes before I, I went into the arena. And so it's snowing, everyone's ready to go in. I have all of the tickets in my pocket. And I said, hold on, hold on, I gotta have a couple cigarettes before I, I go in. And the perspective of being in the snow Uh, seeing all of these people who are relying on me waiting outside shivering, um, including my, my, my partner at the time. And I'm just the guy, you know, hankering for a butt just didn't make any sense to me on any level. And like everything all of a sudden just became one. And I tossed that cigarette. I threw out that pack and I never had a cigarette again. So I think that um, that kind of openness or perspective has been with me uh, forever. And so even as dark as things are, even as challenging as things are, even as habitual as some things are, I think as long as we adopt the perspective that eventually circumstances might change and I might feel differently about that issue, or um, someone might say something to me one day and it might change everything for me or give me a chance or, or give me an opportunity. I think as Calgarians, um, those who have, have been most resilient have always been the most open. And as long as we stay open um, to change, open to opportunity, um, I I think that that resilience has every um, opportunity or, or every likelihood of being fostered in people, in businesses, you name it.
0: I love that. By the way, that was a great tour. um Um, no I I really love that being open um on the podcast I've had a bunch of business leaders thought leadership uh leaders sharing their story and being open about their story um I can name countless of my favorite ones but I just want to ask you Jason what's maybe um what have you seen in other Calgary leaders that that you you really admired
1: it's a it's a it's another great question you know I think. particularly from the, the mentors that I've had, it's actually nothing to do um, with uh, you know, a particular business technique or a, a frame of mind they adopt. The ones that I've seen uh, be really impactful, both in business, at home, um, in their communities, have been the people that kept it relatively simple. I remember being in a boardroom uh, with, with one of my mentors, uh, very well-known business leader in this community, And I remember we were talking very casually, and and I think we were still just getting to know each other. And and I remember speaking about something, and I had uh, made some sort of reference or casual remark and jest about kind of, you know, saying something to someone, but maybe I would, you know, not go along with it or break my word to that person or whatever. And this individual stopped me cold, like just said, just like all the air went out of the room. He said, don't ever let me hear you say that again. When you give someone your word, it's going to mean something. It's going to be bond. And that's, that is what's going to make you successful in business, uh, in your career or at home. Not can you be most cunning or can you, can you play all the, 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 the politics of the moment right or anything like that. It's about being a good man. He says, so don't, don't be tempted by any of the short-term gain of, hey, maybe I just break my word to this person and I'll get me a little bit further ahead than I am right now. It's, it's really been about that, that integrity first perspective that I think has framed a ton of things for me. And so the people that I, you know, privileged enough to associate myself with regularly are all people that I'm confident adopt that perspective. They're not just amazing uh, business leaders, um, uh, businessmen or business women they're incredible mothers, they're incredible community members. And that for me is like oxygen. I, I just, I feed off of that. I feed off about around being good people, or I, I feed off around being with good people, smart people and those who lead with integrity because I don't think that's a move you're ever gonna regret later on. Um, and so from a business leader perspective in terms of advice, keeping your word, keeping your commitments both at home and in the office, uh, I think is, is the, you know, the sort of uh, KISS principle of keep it simple, stupid. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that.
0: Absolutely, I always go back to doing the right thing is always the right thing. You're never gonna re- regret doing the right thing. So I, I really love that. Reach. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I'm sure you always interface with really interesting people. And um, I just wanted to ask you personally though, Jason, what's maybe a question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked?
1: Oh, interesting. It's a question that I never get asked. You know, further to the, the references I made um, earlier about my past, I, I think the questions that I, I, I don't get asked are, you know, about my, my early years. Um, I think that people just assume, and again, this is amplified, I think, by social media um, and, and by, you know, your, your, the opportunities that your position affords you, that you were always that person, that you were always that guy or that gal who's doing all of these things, and so one of the things that I, I make a habit of is every two weeks uh, at the most, I speak to a group of uh, post secondary students, uh, whether it 's uh, you know last week I judged a, a school of public policy, a capstone competition the week before I had uh, presented to a university of Calgary business class, like those types of things. And, you know, all of them, I think, are very much seeing this relatively young guy in a, in a very privileged position to be able to make a difference in this city and saying, that's so far away from how I can reconcile myself. When did you, how did you start this? What, what should I be doing right now? And I, I remind them, like, when I was your age, I was nowhere near, I wasn't involved in an MBA society or a, uh, some, you know, after school program. I didn't have a podcast like you guys have. You guys are way further ahead than I was. and just Frankly, by the relationship of you coming and asking me questions and being genuinely curious, I would never have done that to someone who came and spoke to a class. I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have been in the class. I I would have been sleeping uh, sleeping the previous night off. So, um, I, I think that uh, I never really get asked about um, the the journey. It's always about where the destination, where you seem to be at now, and seemingly on the rise are or, or continuing to grow. And I think all of us um, should be asking more questions about that journey, because to, to the point of our earlier conversation, it, it hardens you in a way, it, it instills resilience, the decisions that you make that are the game changer ones, if they happen early, will, will definitely be the precursor to all the stuff you see afterwards. And so I think as a general rule of thumb, we shouldn't be asking questions about about the present. I think we can ask more questions about the past, and uh, you know, hopefully, not uh, repeat some of the mistakes of the past, but learn the lessons from it for sure.
0: Absolutely, gotta love the process and learn from the process, and that's something I always keep keep dear too. Uh, I have,
1: the- uh, funny enough, I have the word process tattooed above my my left knee. so And it's not oh. a Joel Bede reference, <laughs> but it is it is in relation to the fact that I genuinely believe that. There's so much in this world that you cannot control, uh, that people think that they can. But what you can control is is the process about how you go about your business every day, what you do at home, what you do in the office. And so definitely uh, resonates enough with me to put it in uh, permanent ink. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. Uh, speaking of past, let's maybe to the flip side, what's, uh, what's in store for Jason? Let's say in the next five years, where do you see yourself being?
1: You know, as, as much as uh, you think, I think about that question, I really don't. Um, you know, I, I first and for, foremost, five years from now, I want to have just this amazing relationship with my boy. Um, just like there is no greater focus in my life right now other than that. Um, and so to, to, and these six months have just flown by. So to be thinking about this boy being, you know, five years old is, is very emotional, but, um, no, I, I hope that I've made good on that promise to be the kind of father I, I know I want to be. And of course, with that being the, the husband, uh, that I, that I want to be, and I think have been to my, to my wife is number one, family first. Secondly, I just, I care about making impact, um, and whether that, and, and, whether that impact is in this chair or another chair like it, I, I, it doesn't really matter to me. It's about the work um, and the ability to make um, a difference in a way that I think best leverages my skills. And so I don't know what that role might look like. I actually don't know what that organization or, or company looks like, but I do know it's one in which uh, I can leverage my, my strengths as you know, a young person in this community that you can rely on to set a good example, um, one that leverages um, the ability to tell stories of all of the amazing companies and community members um, that fill uh, much of the buildings behind me right now. That I can continue to do that um, because I need. There's so many stories here that don't get enough airtime that I have. You know, the great privilege of being able to amplify. Um, I certainly want to continue that. But then, thirdly, is around. Uh, any, any opportunity five years from now that allows me to, um, I think, um, forward a, a vision for the city that I know is completely tenable and possible. One that I think better matches expectations to outcomes. One that um, uh, allows us to, to dream to dream bigger um, and, and think about the role that a city can play in a number of different domains of your, your daily life. But thirdly, that I, I play some small role in just making this place uh, uh, a great destination to to visit, to live, to work in, and I think that's that's hopefully um, for all of us um, what we want to do here, why we want to stay here. There's a there's a weirdness about being a Calgarian that it's not just about yeah, it's a great place, mountains, whatever. It's like no, it's it's a great place and mountains and you know, the people are great and, you know, I, I'm on this board or I volunteer with this group or I went and did a community cleanup in, in, uh, in this community. Ultimately, I hope that, you know, what I aspire for five years from now, a piece of that for our city is, is hopefully what we all aspire to as citizens going forward.
0: Absolutely. I could definitely say there's a stickiness to Calgary. I actually went to Edmonton for university at the University of Alberta and when i came back i moved back about a couple of years ago and when i came back it just felt like home It just something in my heart is just this is home um, and
1: and and uh, boo to edmonton right so <laughs> easy yeah. money easy
0: money yeah exactly <laughs> but uh as as a person that's aspiring to have kids one day i always joke with my fiance that we're gonna have five kids or whatever but has there anything been a surprise to you as a first-time dad or
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, a ton of things are, are surprising. Um, first of all, I, I think, you know, uh, a ton of dads. I never I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to solicit a ton of advice. There's a tight I keep a tight circle. And when I really am wrestling with a decision, I'll I'll send that text or that note or, or, or meet up for coffee. But really, I, I try and make the best decisions I can with the information in front of me. And so I got a ton of unsolicited uh, you know, guidance about uh, being a parent from a number of people. And I always just said to my wife, like, this is going to, you know, work out how it's meant to work out for us. We're two, you know, different people from, you know, whoever's, you know, offering us this unsolicited advice and and we'll just figure it out. We're smart people. We're thoughtful people. We love each other. We'll figure it out. And that's what's been the case. But in terms of the surprising stuff, I didn't know how I would respond to it. I I, I really felt like, this is, um, this is a big, big uh, step in um, my relationship with my wife and, and obviously for us as a family. But I think the frame of, of what I'm thinking about isn't going to really change. And while I don't think my purpose has changed, I think my ability to shift my priorities drastically to match my values has been the surprise. I, I didn't know that that was a given that I would feel like that, but I have but in terms of, uh, things to look forward to for you, uh, either for one or for five, who knows, um, (laughs) is, uh, it goes by so quick, like Tuesday being six months. Um, you, you got to take in every moment. Um, and, and I think the, the capacity for growth for this little kid in six months is, is incredible. Like the Ability to say words and and grab for things and laugh at you, is just like all things that you you know. It's part of what babies do. It's 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 what makes sense. But the moment you experience it, um, there's there's it's a it comes as a complete surprise to you that this little being is now uh, reaching for a spoon to feed himself. Um, it's just mind blowing. So I think the 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 surprising uh, part of it has been how fast it's going. Um, how, how uh, that capacity for, lear- to, for learning is just so, so, so quick. I think I'm smart. This boy is very, very smart. Um, and, I, and I think lastly, you know, surprising at how quickly you, you align your priorities to make good on the kind of dad you want to be.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm super excited for you. I think you're an amazing Calgary leader, and I'm sure you're, you're the same as a father. So really looking forward to your, your growth in the next few years and uh, keeping in touch.
1: No, I appreciate that for sure. 100.
0: Absolutely. So where can our listeners connect with you online? If you have maybe a few more questions, they want to pick your brain more.
1: Yeah. So uh, for anyone uh, interested, uh, CD hat on, off community stuff, hat on, on or off. Um, you can uh, uh, follow me online. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think it's at Jason underscore Ribeiro. Instagram underscore Jason Ribeiro, LinkedIn Jason Ribeiro, Facebook Jason like it's all Jason Ribeiro. So um, uh, I think throw it into Google. Uh, shoot me a, a note. You can shoot me a note uh, right now at uh, jribeiro at Calgary Economic Development dot com. Uh, but like I said, I'm always always willing, uh, no matter how big, no matter how small, um, to connect with folks that uh, want to do cool things in uh, in this community. So don't hesitate to reach out for sure
0: and I'll put all the links in the description in the podcast. So people reach out to Jason. Uh, I like to end the podcast with the guest saying a question, a quote, or a story to end the interview. So my last question to you, Jason, do you have a question, quote, or a story to end the interview?
1: Interesting. You know, I'll, uh, I'll start, I'll, I'll end with a quote. Um, and it was one that um, around the time that I was making a lot of changes in my life uh, stuck with me and, um, Growing up, I was a big, big uh, Michael Jackson guy, and not because I was uh, that into his later music. I was born in '89, so I got the the worst era of Michael Jackson music, post uh, 1990. But um, it was about just like the 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 commitment to excellence for all of those years. I was fascinated by. It's what it, it's what draws me to certain athletes like Kobe and and Mike. Um, but I was just fascinated by this guy's story. And what was interesting to me is like everyone thought he was this phenom, but what he really was, was this amazing student where he would just like, um, sit in his room and watch James Brown tapes over and over and Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, these like very traditional jazz and tap dancers. And he used to write this quote on his mirror and it was, it said, uh, in, in lipstick actually, and it said, study the greats, uh, and become greater. And if you look at all of the things he's done, it's some element of Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly or James Brown, all packaged up in his own unique way, but it's not all him. And so I think that for me, you know, it's the quote I put on my master's thesis when I finished it, it's one of the things that I take very seriously now with the mentors that I do have is that there's a ton of people whose um, uh, shoulders we find ourselves atop of that allow us to be in the privileged positions we are today. And rather than always, always looking forward, like I said before, we can look to the past and find the best ways of defining the future. And so that study the greats and become greater, I think for your podcast, but for your listeners, and I'm sure all the leaders that have been on this, um, is, is, my, is, is one that might resonate with a ton of them. So uh, that's, how, that's how I'll end this one.